This is a really interesting gospel. We ask ourselves, why did Jesus submit himself to John the Baptist to be baptized? Um, when I was, uh, I've talked about this trip a number of times. When I was in a deacon like Deacon Mark is, we'll have him back next week, we all go on a retreat before we're ordained. And I did one of my two retreats, the one before being ordained a deacon. Uh, I went to uh, Lafayette up here at the Trappist Abbey. And then for my, my deacon ordination before becoming a priest, Father Pascal Shailene up at the Abbey of Happy Memory, who talked me into entering Mount Angel back in the day, uh, suggested to me I, I could go to France for my retreat since I had some access to travel things still at that, at that time. And so I went over there uh, by myself, which is not the way I normally traveled. And so I, when I landed in, uh, where did I, I think I started in Paris, I'm not sure. Anyway, I began my trip in those days, this was not that long ago, uh, I, there was no GPS and, and there were no cell phones, and if I, I, they were about this big, and they didn't work in France, let me put it that way, and I didn't have one yet. That's how much things have progressed in 20-odd 20, 20 years. So there I am trying to find all the shrines, which I had listed on a map. And, you know, I have a lot of travel smarts, but, but it's very difficult when you don't have somebody with you to read the map, and there's no GPS barking. Imagine, imagine a world without GPS. Anybody here can remember this? Well, let's just say that the way the roads are in France, if you're driving, try turning your GPS off if you go there on your driving. And it's like the roads are, are marked very clearly in between cities, but when you get there, there's a big traffic circle. You know, we're going to have one over here next year in, in Kaiser, but imagine eight openings, right? And you're in the center of a French town, and all the street numbers disappear, and all you got is this city, that city, this city, while well, you go crazy. You can't look at the map, you're driving, and I had to go to confession every time I went into a major city. <laughs> now, this, this to me is an image of all of us driving in the world. We, we find ourselves on the road of life. We don't quite know how we got here. You know, we don't remember. We have pictures in our era. We can see pictures of ourselves as we are born into the world. But we all have to make sense of the world we find ourselves in. We all know that we're headed to, to a common end, and in faith we know that this is not the end of the road. But we have a journey to fulfill here while we're here. And Jesus, who came from the world of the future, the world, the really real, that which, from which we were created, the creator himself, his only begotten son, through whom everything was created, becomes a human being, which we celebrate at Christmas. He enters our existence, becomes a human being like ourselves, Somehow we've become a fallen world, one that has lost the sight of God. I think those, what, the original creation, must have, we must have been destined to have had a knowledge of God far greater than we have now. A knowledge of, of science far greater than we could have imagined. What the world is really like. And why, we, why the world is the way it is. We've lost all of that. But Christ enters the world and when he, we need something to help us guide us through life like me with the GPS, GPS-less, GPS-less, many sinus meds, the GPS-less world that we live in. Try saying that three times. Jesus enters the water. Now, if you have to picture this scene, because it's so interesting, John is there baptizing. It was a very short period of time. 
Those that came to see him, we think it was maybe no, no more than 15 months, maybe less, be, between his, his arrival, so to speak, and his arrest. So in this brief moment, hello, <laughs> I hear a phone ringing somewhere. In this brief moment, that's my illness, there's a ringing in my ears here. Sorry, whoever's phone is ringing. In this brief moment, here comes Jesus. There's all these people in the water. And the water is, the Jordan River is not a clean river. It's, by the time it gets to where Jesus is, it's not, it's not that great, the water. But they, they go in there, they're out in the desert. And they're all symbolically leaving their sins in the water. This is not the baptism that we receive. It's a baptism of repentance, of, of waiting for the Messiah to come. And they're, they're listening to John, and they're depositing all their sins symbolically in the water. And it's the same thing as if you look at the at drawings of the, of the second temple, right next to the altar of sacrifice, which was outside of the building, right in front of the main doors, there was something called the Bronze Sea, a very large basin of water, not unlike a holy water font or a baptismal font, and the high priest or whoever was sacrificing for the people at that altar would would wash themselves there to symbolically wash their sins away. And on the Day of Atonement, they put their sins on on what was called the scapegoat and then send it out into the desert to carry away their sins. So this is what they're doing. They're depositing symbolically their sins as they renounce them. John the Baptist is calling out their sins very harshly. He's a very, very tough preacher. Here comes Jesus, the only person on earth that never sinned, that never could sin. Purity itself. What is he doing being baptized by John? In another gospel, John says, why are you coming to me when I should come to you? And he said, Let's, let it be so, so that everything can be fulfilled. Jesus is going to symbolically take on the sin of the world. So he comes in, in Luke's gospel, after everyone else has that day, to take on the sins that they have left in the water. He's going to, the sinless one is going to become sin for our sake. He'll be taken for a grave sinner, thrown out, out of the city, and, and tr- like trash. And they'll think they're doing Judaism a favor and the world by getting rid of him. He's taken on our sins, the sinless one, mistaken for a grave sinner. And this is what God did for us. He takes on flesh and blood to make a sacrifice to God. And we're here also to learn what life is about. It's about sacrifice. It's about what we are doing for others. Christmas is about sacrifices for others. What we did for someone else is what makes this season meaningful. It's not the presents we receive. We forget almost all of them by next year. This is, this is what children look forward to. But as adults, it's what we give that matters. These are the insights that we get from Christ. Is where do we find Christ? We have this image of the Holy Spirit descending bodily on Jesus. No doubt, not everyone saw this, but John the Baptist saw it and re- related it, and others saw it that God graced with. And the Father speaks, and he says, This is my beloved Son. I'm very well pleased with him. And he wants to say the same thing about us, who have his name on our foreheads because we have been baptized. I was blessed, you know, usually the week before Christmas, there's a lot of sickness and death, and we didn't have that this year, thanks be to God. But uh, 
you know, maybe symbolically I got sick, you know, that's fit, kind of fitting. But we've had a lot this week, many anointings. And when I, when I do anoint somebody, I'm always very aware of the, uh, the anointing is, is a calling down of the Holy Spirit upon the person that's ill. We, we place our, I, I or the, place my hands on their head, just like at Mass, the calling down of the Holy Spirit during the Eucharistic prayer is the movement of the two hands over the bread and wine that will become, by God's grace, his own body and blood. In the same way, we put our hands over the person that's sick because they too are Christ. This is Christ's son or daughter. And he's pleased with them because he sees their name on their forehead. They're baptized. And then you have the, the anointing with oil on their forehead and their hands. What we think and what we do. This is a recalling of their baptism. When, we're, when we put our hands in the holy water, when we come in, it's like the bronze sea. It's the sacred washing. And we remind ourselves that we're baptized Christians. We belong to Christ. Uh, there's purpose to our lives. We're not the, like these aimless people wandering around in the desert. We find all over the place in, within Salem, Kaiser, wherever we go, they, it's like they don't have a GPS. What's life about? We don't know. We're pursuing today's pleasures and tomorrow we don't know what's coming and then we die. This is not, this is not Christianity at all. You know, uh, that's paganism. Christianity is we know we're children of God. We know that we can always be washed clean in confession if we have a great sin. We know that we're loved. We know we're children of God. And we're here to make a sacrifice for God that Mass is all about sacrifice. Uh, Christ's sacrifice for me. And then I'm going to use my body, my time, my earthly existence to make a sacrifice for him of my life. And so John the Baptist, realizing who it is that he's baptizing, he says, I'm not worthy to even untie your sandals, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. We, we see in the church, we see in this uh, a reference to confirmation. It's also that the Holy Spirit of fire will symbolically come down upon us periodically and give us guidance. We don't get, let's face it, we don't get from God GPS guidance like we get out of the car radio or something. Uh, but it is, how do we get this guidance? It's through the scriptures, through the church, and through a well-formed conscience. And then we begin to see Jesus in all the circumstances of our lives, but particularly in the lives of others whom we meet and who have that same a calling that we do to be children of God. So our Lord then speaks from heaven. God the Father speaks from heaven in today's readings. The only other place the Father will speak in the New Testament is the transfiguration where he repeats these same words and finishes his final word to us is listen to him. So if we're confused about where to go in life and who isn't on some things, we go back to the source, listen to Jesus. What is Jesus saying here? What does he want? What did he say about this? There's where we'll find the answer. That's what the Father's final answer is, listen to him. That's, what, that's a good calling for the, the end of Christmas, the brief time between Lent, and for all of our lives.